Day 75. Elsa and I have been watching Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. The series tracks the celebrity petrolhead as he turns his talents to farming. Attempting to farm may be a more apt description, but the series follows Jeremy's unique blend of enthusiasm and impulsiveness. Through what is often chaotic, we get some genuine insights into the challenges of agriculture and meet a band of likeable, esoteric characters. Caleb is probably our favourite. It obviously helps that Clarkson has the funds to bankroll this endeavour, and reality television is always a highly edited and often staged version of what actually happened. Despite this, it has enhanced our appreciation of farming and our admiration of farmers. One of the key themes is that there is a lot you cannot control. The weather, the behaviour of livestock, the activity of pests and the enforcement of regulations all multiply the challenges of long days of hard work through the turn of the seasons. I've been thinking about agricultural metaphors for a lot of my time in Canada, initially inspired by watching the documentary The Biggest Little Farm. This beautifully filmed documentary chronicles a seven-year journey of a group of people who have a vision to develop a diverse organic farm on a run-down apricot operation in California. Years of modern monoculture practices had exhausted the soil. The new, inexperienced farmers aimed to restore the land to a diverse, interconnected and flourishing ecosystem, but they have no idea how to do it. They start by clearing the ground. The farmers believe a natural ecosystem will produce the highest possible level of biodiversity. One of their initial objectives is to get rid of things that should never have been planted in the first place. In New Zealand, I observed a similar focus on regenerating the native flora and fauna to correct problems resulting from imported wildlife and plants. The same observation can be made missiologically. Importing ideas and resources from offshore doesn't always help ministry that connects with the particular culture of a place. It may in fact do more harm than good in the long term. Secularism, relativism and consumerism have leached the soil of Western society, resulting in less receptive ground for the gospel. As churches and mission agencies, we need to recognise how some of our own strategies and ideas may have inadvertently contributed to this demise. We want to value, build and develop a diverse culture of ministry that is rooted in the ground that we farm. This means there are things we need to move away from as we seek to move forward. I believe that COVID has actually accelerated change and underlined our need for innovation, imagination and courage. The farmers believe diversity leads to simplicity 
and that when interconnections work best, different crops and elements drive and sustain growth. InterVarsity in Canada was founded on an idea of interconnectedness. Howard Guinness and friends began camp for high school students so university students could learn to lead, share their faith and disciple younger Christians. Many things have changed over the last 90 years, but we firmly believe we are to be interconnected. The journey to adulthood is taking longer, extending from early teens to late 20s. We are committed to walking with young people, from their first childhood experiences at camp into high school, college and university, and the beginning of their work lives. We are keen to support and mentor them through key life transitions. Camp, high school, university and workplace ministries are incubators where young people develop healthier, more resilient faith and grow in influence. The farmers endure disappointments and frustrations caused by storms, pests and predators and by initiatives which have unintended consequences. With every new problem, they take a step back and watch. Observation followed by creativity becomes their greatest ally. They are sustained by their belief and seeing their dream realised. Things are always changing. Taking time to observe and to respond creatively is part of our calling. Paul tells Timothy to preach the word in season and out of season. Currently, this feels like an out of season time. Many of our staff and students are frustrated by lost opportunity and limitations. Even so, we believe there are opportunities. As an IFES colleague noted, the gospel is not in quarantine. The Biggest Little Farms narrator says, We are looking for larger ideas to be afraid of again. I don't know of a larger idea than the gospel. While change is always scary, we know God has and will overcome. The one who calls us will equip us so we can move forward in faith. At the beginning of the film, the farmers say everyone told them their idea was crazy. Still, they find investors who see this old way of farming as the future. At the end of the movie, the farmers say they never felt alone. Others were with them all the way. So it is in all enterprises that grow. They thrive through community, partnership and investment. I have a deep respect for farmers. They plan for the seasons, work hard through the elements and after the harvest start all over again. The Biggest Little Farm is well worth a watch on Netflix if you have not seen it. I have a small painting on my office wall by Indigenous artist Jason Carter from Little Red River Cree Nation of a farm on the prairies. It reminds me of our call to be farmers 
and has added resonance since watching Clarkson's Farm. Possibly because I can more readily identify with the impulsive enthusiast creating chaos than the long-term plan to bring beauty and balance. Clarkson is helped considerably by irrepressible Caleb, cheerful Charlie, enthusiastic Ellen, subtitled Gerald and long-suffering Lisa. Working towards a harvest is inevitably a team effort. Paul speaks of this in terms of his relationship with Apollos. They have not been competing, but collaborating in a greater venture. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. Today I am thankful for the privilege of planting and watering, for the reminder to keep doing this through challenges and adversity. I am grateful for a collection of co-workers who bring different gifts, greater knowledge and added value. I am thankful for the appreciation that together we serve a higher purpose and wait for a harvest. We work in God's field, with God's people, to God's glory. I generally find this easier to remember in season than out of season, but recognise the temptation to self-reliance can capture us at either time. In a world of celebrity ministry and high-profile personalities, it is helpful to remember that it is God, not us, who makes things grow. If Jeremy Clarkson had been farming in Corinth, he would have no problem in answering the question, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul, with the answer, diddly squat. And despite the craziness of it all, there are moments when he does stop to admire the view. Farming is like that, and the wonder is all the greater if you understand what you're looking at.